Welcome back to a special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective in which we do some fan interactive fiction, specifically the text adventure game fan work called Miracles Never Cease, which was created by Satirize, one of the moderators on the In the Rose Garden forums, in 2013. So it's actually barely retro in any sense. Well, it's 2020 now, so... Can everyone just come back and listen to this another five or ten years in the future? Yeah, so that we can call it retro. Right. We'll just assume yeah. it's retro. And it's also definitely fan fiction, so it's yeah. going to tick at least one box there. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. We're going through with it. That's why it's a special episode. Yeah. And we have done two episodes before playing through this game, one in which we bumbled around getting a little bit of a feel for things, and a second one in which we actually got some stuff done. Yes. We're hoping that we can finish the game this time. I feel like it's within the realm of possibility. I think we were getting close. I don't recall exactly where we were when we last ended, but I do feel like we we had a clear path forward. Right. Do you remember what that path is? I do not. <laughs> I did try to listen to the uh, the previous episode to prepare myself, but I didn't make it all the way through before this. It's completely unlistenable uh, trash. Yeah, that one would exactly never put that. before an audience. No, it's <laughs> it's because I ended up not having enough time because the episode was longer than I thought it was, which proves that this, you know, this at least held our interest for a certain period of time. Um, and I, I do recall, so we had, I mean, should we sum up how we how the first part went? And uh, we're trying to do jury. Yeah, we we're in cahoots with Toga now. Yeah. Basically, and we do have the information that we have to like embarrass the jury in order to somehow seduce Make her, her very upset. Make her upset, and yes. The path before us that has been prepared is that if we make her believe that Shiori has fallen in love with another woman, that mm. would probably do it. That would probably be very upsetting to jury. Yeah, so basically, we just become like a worse and worse person as this goes on. No doubt. We have a rose seal that we borrowed from Toga, mm -hmm. and the last thing that we did was we acquired gloves. Mm hmm. Because we need those yes. in order to find a lost key in the Rose Garden, which right. is apparently some sort of campus master key. But one thing that we know that it works on is the elevator in Akio's tower to go up beyond the first floor. Right. And I just have this feeling that, that Akio has to be involved in this somehow. Well, we already or, talked to him. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that in this whole getting... Jerry to believe that Shiori is with someone else. Another woman specifically. Mm -hmm. Is that what they said? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm i not sure about that. But I, I guess, what was the very last thing we did? We acquired gloves. We picked gloves. up some fencing gloves that we're going to yeah. go use in the Rose Garden. So I, let's do that. We've got to, we've got to, the path has been prepared and we must move forward. And we need to remember this time to occasionally use the hint function because the hints mm. are in the form of shadow plays. Right, yeah, we discovered that last time. We were remiss. I not. completely forgot that. Yeah. And this is the same shadow play as last time because it's still talking about gloves. But mm. let's try to remember where we're going, how to get to a rose garden, middle school building, arched corridor. Uh, here we are. Is it north of the rose garden? It's in? Hmm. Is it south? 
Uh, enter Rose Garden. Well, that's not, uh. we're not in the right place. Just visible in the courtyard of the middle school building. So the middle school building mm -hmm. is here. Okay. Yes. Uh, in. Now we can go into the Rose Garden. Here we are. Anthe is still here, but clearly she's not important. Hmm. And we are wearing our protective gloves. So now we need to look for that key. Yeah, look key, I guess. You can't see any such thing. Yeah, all right. My, uh, I, I think we were trying to reach into the well, the ro green rose wreath, perhaps? Yeah, we can what, reach wreath. Search, search wreath? Sure. Oh, it says resplendent, glorious, completely void of keys. Okay, so now we know that search is something that causes us to reach into it. So search... Vase? The column's yeah. capital resembles a vase out of which spill white and orange roses in full bloom. The column capital is really high up and you strain to reach it. With a leap, you brush aside some vines. You could swear you see a glint of metal almost lost in the foliage up there, but you're not tall enough to investigate properly. Mm. Well, let's look... Rose garden, see if we can stand on something. Inside the rose garden, wall, garden shears. Mm. It's the same thing we got before, obviously. We still can't huh? take the shears, can we? Anthony's probably using those. Yeah, so can there's a ladder? Uh, Climb. Yeah, we could try climbing. Climb. Column. Column. You know, the conceit of this originally was to let you play through it and me just read it. But Whatever. I think at this point we're kind of on the same team here. I, yeah, it's uh, we need to be a team, otherwise. <laughs> so we can't climb the column. The way the capital juts out would make it impossible to investigate the top, even if there were adequate footholds. Ask Anthe about ladder? Oh, yeah, not bad. There is no reply. Um, ask Anthe about col column, maybe? Okay. See if she says anything about it. Or key. Key. Uh, oh, dear, smiles Anthe with her eyes closed. Have you come about the elevator key? I've completely lost it. It must be around here somewhere. I would help you look, but I need to water my pet cactus Nanami. <laughs> or pet cactus Nanami? Whatever. It looks like you'll need to search the garden on your own. Okay, I think cool. we did that last time, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm um, checking our inventory, and there's nothing useful. Let's try the hint system. The power of music. Do you know? Do you know? I wonder if you know. Maestro, I need your help reaching a jar on the top shelf. Ah, you have come to the right person says Aiko, wearing a Beethoven wig. Truly, music has the power to lift you up to the highest heights. Biko, that's not exactly what I meant. Some German that I can't read. <laughs> you got it? Uh, Aiko, the... mashing a piano, Freude, Schoner, Gotter, Funken. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't speak German either. Um, yeah, what is it? Biko. Biko, <sighs> will you at least stand up from where you're sitting? So I guess we're going to go to the music room, huh? Yep. Where was the music room? Mm. It's in the middle school building. It's in the middle school building. Um, this is, you had one job, I mean, three or four jobs, Amato. But this was one of them. But it's not actually the middle school building, right? It's the activity building? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No. Because that's the kendo dojo. I swear it was in the middle school building, but I, I been wrong. Or high school building? High school building. High school building, perhaps? High school building. Grade school building, administrative building, 
enormous tower, classroom building, library, wait, not the library, we want the music room. Music room. All right. Um, I notice... We, we probably want the piano bench, is my guess. Sitting, standing by herself in front of the piano is a bored-looking girl with dark blue hair. Yes. We already talked to Kozue. But the description doesn't talk about... Oh, yes, it does. A handsome teak piano bench at its foot. Take bench. Oh, isn't she sitting on it? She's actually standing by herself in front oh, of the okay. piano. Got because, it. It's a standing by herself. Okay. You know, that's better for you to stand, stand over be sitting all the time. Stand over a piano. Yeah. <laughs> Very helpful. To, yeah. With substantial effort, you hoist the piano bench. You hope you don't have to carry it yeah, far. Seriously, it's a teak piano, but it's probably, like, ornately carved. All right. <laughs> All right. See, that's not what I would have assumed we needed. Like, anything else, like a ladder in the rose garden. Mm-hmm. Like, anything else you could climb. Not a piano bench, but all right. I respect it. I, I yeah, guess they, they want you to use the hints, because the hints are good, so. Right. That's right. And so, in... We're back in the rose garden. Mm-hmm. Stand on bench. Stand bench, probably. You can only get into something freestanding. Climb bench. Uh, put down bench. Drop bench. Use bench. Drop oh, bench. Oh, there Oof, we go. What a relief. Whew. All right. Now climb, climb bench. bench. Yeah. No. Mm. Um, stand bench. Stand I only understood you as far as wanting to stand. Stand, stand on, on bench. You get onto the piano bench. Okay. There we go. Search column. Or allum, perhaps. <laughs> There's no place someone could lose a key on the vertical body of the column, except maybe amidst the thorny vines. Search vines. That's not a verb. Oh, search. Search. Oh. You poke around amidst the vines, but find nothing apart from a perfect specimen of Rosa Moroschina. Are you kidding me? Well, wait, what we're supposed to look in is the vase. Search vase. Yeah. The piano bench is just high enough to let you conduct your search properly. You dig your glove-clad hand deep into the thorny vase of the capital and are thrilled to see it emerge, clutching a filigreed key. Filigreed, filigreed. Yeah, I I think you can pronounce it both ways. It occurs to you to wonder how exactly Anthony lost it all the way up here, but you put these thoughts out of your mind. (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't want to think too hard on that one. Okay. So the key... Definitely involving (laughs) Choo-Choo. Obviously. We should have just enlisted Choo-Choo's help to climb up. Yeah, haven't seen Choo-Choo yet. No, we we? haven't, huh? I don't think so. So we know that the key works on the elevator, so Mm -hmm. should we go head over there? Mm Mm-hmm. Out. That's absolutely what we must do. (laughs) This is just a piano bench. (laughs) There. Now. Like, yeah, there's no point in carrying it back. I'm sure it'll find its way. <laughs> if it's important. Enormous tower. In. Here we are. An elevator inlaid with a white rose is set into the tower's north wall. Let's try up. You insert the filigree key into the small lock above the call button and turn it. With a quiet chime, the doors slide open and you ride the carriage to the top. Planetarium. This highest floor of the tower is a red-carpeted hemisphere with 360 degrees of windows overlooking not only the campus, but also the entire prefecture. Set into the supports are the elevator and a sliding shoji door. Nothing else interrupts the captivating view. 
Even more eye-grabbing, though, is the titanic machine at the center of the dome. It looks rather like an hourglass tipped diagonally on its side, its spherical bulb studded with diodes and connected by a long, thin neck. The top bulb towers many meters above your head. The ceiling fades into irrelevance. Also sitting atop the wall-to-wall crimson carpeting, but dwarfed by the machine, are two white sofas facing each other across a coffee table. The rest of the room is filled only by an astonishing abundance of empty space. First, I want to compliment the ceiling fades into irrelevance. (laughs) Nice turn of phrase. Um, So we should search the planetarium. Search? What do you want to search? Oh, I guess look. Well, we already looked, sorry. Search Uh, sofa? There's nothing on the white sofa. Look, Sofa. It's a perfectly innocuous sofa with practically no psychic residue of trauma or horror at all. Ha ha. Um, yeah. Is it machine? Yeah. Machine. On investigation, you find the machine's control panel. The legend is Byzantine and indecipherable, but two components, a large hydraulic button and a red power switch, stand out from the labyrinth of dials and levers. Ooh, let's let's push the switch. Wait, is that what push, you do with or the switch? Push the button. Switch a switch. Yeah, push switch. I don't know. The machine begins to whir and its diodes start to glow. You can't discern any effect this may have had on the room, however. Suddenly, heretofore invisible shutters clamp down on every window in the dome. They hit ground with a terrible sound of finality, as though locking you in a coffin. But the room does not plunge into darkness. Instead, the once invisible ceiling is blanketed in starlight. The projector, for that is of course what the machine is, whirs beside you reassuringly as you gape at the galaxies that unfold before your eyes. Hmm. That's fascinating um i mean what else is there to do at this juncture we can we can stare at the stars for a while look stars yeah you can't see any such thing yeah look look projection uh so should we just look look the room is enfolded in a starry artificial night a thousand times clearer than any mortal night Maybe we're just supposed to stand here and contemplate the infiniteness of the universe. Hmm. But how does this make me feel? Can I tell you a secret, Tori? What's the secret? I have no interest whatsoever in the stars. (sighs) You know what I have an interest in? What's that? A hint. (laughs) (laughs) Hint. The theater's empty right now. Go exploring and come back when you hit a roadblock. Okay. Well... I happen to remember seeing something else that was locked with a very conspicuous, like, rose lock. Well, that's a good memory you've got there. Uh, it's the second time I played the game, though it yeah. was many a year before. I remember in the mu- not the music room, the library, there was, like, some locked case uh, near where Mickey was. I do not recall that at all, but I fully trust you. So, yeah, let's go check that out. Uh, first, we've got to push the switch. It's something us leave right now. You should probably put the planetarium back the way you found it first. Okay, we push the switch and we push the button, right? Right, push button. The starlight guiding your fingers, you find and press the hydraulic button. Just as suddenly as they appear, the shutters are gone and blinding sunlight floods in through the windows. You switch the hydraulic button off. Wait, I I thought we already switched the hydraulic button off. Yeah. So I guess now we leave? Yeah. Uh, Wait, did we, we push both buttons? Or switch both switches? Uh, I tried down. It says you should probably put the planetarium back the way you found it first. Okay. So we have another switch we need to, to push, right? There was a switch and there was a lever. Lever. Push so lever? No. Um, pull lever. Pull lever? 
Maybe, maybe it wasn't a lever. A switch and a button. No, we did the button. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull switch. Mm-hmm. It is fixed in place. Push switch. Uh, the whirring uh. in the machine slows to a halt as the life in the diodes fades. Okay, so now we go down. Let's ask Akio about that projector. Let's do that if we really have to. <laughs> we really want to talk to Akio. There's no reply. Huh. Oh, okay. Ask Akio about stars. Oh, okay. About stars. There's no reply. Huh. <laughs> he's just, he's really off in his own world right now. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or he's you, just being very rude. You think he wouldn't miss a chance to talk to you about the stars. Right. Oh, uh, library. Yes, so placed unobtrusively against a back wall is a small bureau embossed with the usual rows and labeled restricted in large script letters. Open bureau. Hmm. First unlocking the restricted bureau with the filigree key. You open the restricted bureau, revealing a lesbian erotica book and a guide to fairy tales. <laughs> well, yeah, we're definitely going to take those. Take a book. Only um, at Otori, you think, as you remove the book from the bureau. We're also going to look at the lesbian erotica. Let's take the guide also. Oh, I think we should take, yeah. Oh, they're both, right? Yeah, we yeah. take both, yeah. A book and a guide. Read book. Wow. Wow. This is the hottest book you have ever read. <laughs> if you hadn't been by before, you sure would be now. Oh, I'm by. Okay. In fact, you're pretty sure no woman could read this book without indecent ideas swimming before her mind's eye. Fuck. Well, <laughs> it's like the... Uh... Some, like, personal experiences of the author, I suppose, <laughs> as my guess right now. <laughs> um, may as well read the guide to fairy tales, I guess. Yeah, of course. Maybe it it'll like be just as hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. It looks like pretty standard fare. Princes saving damsels, witches imprisoning princes, mobs hunting witches. Wow. The only thing that confuses you is why it was in the restricted bureau. Mm. It appears to be the tale of the rose, I guess. Yeah, that must be it. Um... I, I wonder, it's great that we have these books. Um, I wonder if they're going to be useful. I'm starting to imagine that this... this you you wonder if the items placed in a text adventure game are going to be useful for solving the puzzle in the text adventure I game. I don't wonder that. My point is, is that the more items we get, the more I think this game is going to go on <laughs> a little bit longer than I anticipated. Mm. But it's making me a little excited. I'm kind of wondering um, where they're going with this whole fairy tale thing. Yeah, I don't remember that part at all. I yeah. do definitely remember what we do with the book now that we have it. We show it to Jury. No, we show it to... Uh, why did I forget her name? Who do we show it to? Shiori. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Let's go try it. Uh, I can't believe I just forgot her name for like a solid <laughs> 13 seconds. All right. I guess I am tired. Hike to dorm. And then we go down, uh, not down, south, south, into the common room where Shiori is here. Shouldn't she be? She was before. And think people don't really move, right? Shiori is no longer in the common room. That's, no, wait, she was... Yeah, she was she in the was common room. She was in the common room, room yeah. of the dorm. That's fascinating. Well, well, there is another target for the lesbian erotica yeah, book. Yeah, show it to jury. That's a thought. Right? Let's do that. Hike to Otori. Well, I feel like that. I mean, this the game has indicated to us that jury needs to believe that Shiori is interested in someone else. Yes. But also, I feel like showing her lesbian erotica would also like be at least 
would be upsetting enough to her because she's kind of closeted and she's got a lot of stuff going on. Show a jury book? It's probably not going to work. God, what would she think of you if you came up to her out of nowhere and showed her a pornographic book? Besides, you're pretty sure she already likes girls. Yeah. Well, would showing her the pornographic book convince her to like them? Yes, that is what the text of the book (laughs) description states. Ah, okay. So who do we need to be interested in girls for our plan to work? Well, someone to seduce Shiori, and the only person I can think of who's available is Kozue. Yep. So here we are back in the music room. All right. I mean, that's kind of was my first instinct, which I don't know what that says about me, but I just didn't want to believe that's where we're going. Means you have good text adventure book instincts. No, I, I... I think it's just uh, what I was... Never mind. All right, we'll show it to Kozway. Sh- it's fun to imagine the NPCs in this sort of game. Kozway's just hanging out in the music room by herself. Mm-hmm. We walk in, talk to her a bit, come yep. back in, ask her about Shiori, come back in, take the piano bench without saying anything and leave. <laughs> yeah. Come back in later <laughs> with a book of lesbian erotica and show it to her. But I like that... People in this game seem to interact with you when you ask them about things, even though they don't know you at all, and those things might be totally weird. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, ha I like you. You ask me weird questions. I think the only person who actually likes us is Toga, though. Uh, Kozue was kind of all right with us, like, even though we asked her about some weird stuff and tried to seduce her. <laughs> but at which point I think she said she wasn't interested in girls. Yeah. So. so there you go. So now she needs to see lesbian erotica Correct. so that she can know what she's missing. That's right. All right. I may have said this before, but she is 100% dating girls in the official Utena, like, game. I mean, she is definitely 100% in some way gay. It's just an issue of, in the source, why that would matter, or, like, how closeted she is, or how much trauma she has, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. More flippantly, you wouldn't think we would need to show Kozo any book because her sexuality is mostly things that upset Mickey. That's really true, yeah. But, all right. All right, well, show Kozue a book. Maybe the book would upset Miki, and then... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should show Miki the book. Oh, yeah, let's see what happens. Never mind. It actually seems really wrong, now that I'm thinking about this, to be showing this book to people who are, like, 12 and 13 years old. We're not going to worry about it in the context. I know. It's... it's, No, here we go. Show Kozue a book. Hey, Kozue, you call. Check out this puppy. It's not a puppy. It's a book. (laughs) Kozue scans the cover with mild interest. The Garden of Womanly Delights, huh? Well, it's got to be more interesting than standing here waiting for the bell to ring. Oh, she's just skipping class, isn't she? She opens mm-hmm. the book to a random story and begins to read. You've been hoping to see your eyes bulge, her chest heave, maybe a bead of sweat run down her forehead. But instead of any of those things, she evolves a mischievous grin that widens as she continues to read. What do you think Mickey would say if he read a story like this, Kozu amuses? I go. was so right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, that's totally true. So the author of this game, creator of this game, since it's text, I'm going to call it, call them an author, had it absolutely right. Right. What do you think Mickey would say if he read a story like this, Kozu amuses? He'd probably throw it away and then not be able to stop thinking about it for weeks, you answer, prodding her along. <laughs> Kozue laughs, shakes her head, and then nods. I think, says Kozue suddenly, that I'm going to stand by the forest for a while. If you see anyone cute, send them by, would you? Well, that's convenient. And then she leaves, winking at you over her shoulder. There, now both your actresses are in place. All they need is a director. That means you. Oh, did we send Shiori to the forest earlier? I guess we did. Yes, we did, because we showed her the rose signature. Yes, And we were we like, did. hey, if you're interested in this, like, meet me at the at the dueling arena forest. You didn't say that. 
and you were like, I'll come up with a plan mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. We were very absent-minded. <laughs> yeah. So now we have sent Kozuma and Shiori to the forest. To go make out. To go make out. Shall we go to the forest? What, to watch them make out? Well, <laughs> do you have any better ideas? Well, I feel like, shouldn't we get Jury over there to, like, see them making out? I, God, that's... I just feel like a bad person. I well, need to go take a shower. Well, you're going to feel worse soon. But really, the objective of the game, I'm just going to start gamifying it all in my brain, is, like, a jury needs to see them together, right? Right. So we need to go tell jury... Well, maybe we need to see them doing it and then tell jury it's happening. But we can already infer that it's happening. I don't know. What do you think? I actually remember exactly what we're supposed to do here step by step. Okay, just do it then. Well, let's head to the forest and then see what you think. Okay. Oh, there we go. We're trying to go to the forest. Mm-hmm. A thought occurs. Even if all goes as planned, you're going to need some evidence to bring to jury or she'll never believe it. You better not go north of the forest until you have some kind of a recording device. Of course. We're going to take a picture or something mm-hmm. of two people in a private moment and show it to a third person because we're interested in them romantically and we want to upset them. Yep. Because that's what you do. Um... Where could Catch we define? Catch her on the rebound. <laughs> oh, God. Um, where could we find a camera? Who canonically uses cameras in the series? That's an excellent question. Um, why am I blanking? We can also hint here. Oh, well, yeah, let's hint because we haven't hinted in a while. The camera obscura. Do you know? Do you know? I wonder if you know. Biko, big Be- sister, can I borrow your camera? And over to Aiko, who I will be. It's not yeah. a camera, little sister. It's a camera obscura. Isn't that a camera, big sister? By a shack. Not at all, little sister. It's a room-sized projector from the Middle Ages. The name camera obscura means dark chamber in Latin. But, big sister, what am I supposed to do about all these ghosts? And then they scream. They both scream. We're not going to do that, because that would be bad for I don't quite get that one. I don't quite get that punchline. Um... If I can interpret it, I think it has something to do with, like, some sort of Japanese legend about ghosts appearing on film. Hmm. Um, Could be. I don't know. Middle-aged legend? I don't know. Or maybe that. I don't know. Um, So where to? Okay. (laughs) I can parse that information. (laughs) It's a really good question. Um, let's go to the room size projector. I was about to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I preempted you. Dark chamber in Latin. In? Now, I don't remember exactly how this goes, but should we ask Akio? Yeah, about, what, about camera? Sure. There's no reply. Great. Thanks, Akio. Okay. Wonderful. But if we go up, I don't exactly remember what we do here. I mean, we could, like, somehow, um, what do I want to say, like, loot the the, the machine for its comp- recording components. Maybe make some kind of weapon out of the scrap also. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty going on. Push. Let's try pushing the switch again and pushing the button again. Okay. See what happens. Um, nope. Is this the same thing that happened before? Take camera. No. Hmm. 
Well, what else is a part of the machine? Nothing. I mean, there's bulbs. There's they, they list many components. Take a bulb. I, I mean, not that a bulb would do us any good. The same. I feel like we need Akio's cooperation here somehow. I suppose we do. Yeah. Ask Akio about elevator. How about? Because last time he told us it wasn't working. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you for finding the key for me. Akio says. I'm very much in your debt. Please give yourself a tour of the planetarium. I'll be up presently. Um, okay. Push switch again, going back up the planetarium. Mm -hmm. Did that trigger something? Well, we just had a brief and completely unnoticeably edited in break, I'm sure. And I looked up the original forum thread where this game was posted, and I think I figured out what we're supposed to do in here. Isn't that cheating? Um, maybe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just getting impatient, huh? It's refreshing my memory. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, carry on. So we're going to turn the lights back on, push switch, push button, mm -hmm. and then apparently we have to search the room a little bit more. All righty. So... Um, well, a, oh, sorry, go on. Set into the supports are the elevator and a sliding shoji door. We're going to open oh. the door. You open the sliding shoji door, revealing a tripod and a fancy camera. Take those. Take camera. <laughs> and the tripod, why not? Take tripod. Yeah, why not? We're just carrying a tripod, a fancy camera, a guide to fairy tales, a lesbian erotica book, a filigree key, some protective gloves being worn, a fencing jacket, a fencing mask, a rose seal, a school uniform being worn, a lascivious leaflet, and some cute pajamas. Hmm. And no tea. Maybe we should put on the fencing mask. Wear mask. <laughs> you think maybe you'd be braver from behind a mask, but cruelly, this one is not your size. Oh, harsh. Why are we even holding it then? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Anyway, right. here we are. Okay, so now we've, uh, I guess Akio said he'd come up and join us, but I'm kind of glad he didn't, so let's dip. Uh, it says, after the piano bench episode, you're not about to walk around campus carrying a bulky tripod. Ah, uh, but we get a better shot with it. <laughs> Drop tripod. Fine. All right, guess down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go to the forest now. Alrighty. So, out. Just as you're about to step out of the tower, Akio calls you over. If you're going to take my camera, he says with a twinkle in his eye, will you at least let me take your picture first? I would consider it a very great favor. Well, when he puts it like that, how can you say no? Say no. <laughs> Sorry, Tori, it's giving us no choice. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we head back to the planetarium. It gives us the description again. And then, as you uncertainly seat yourself on the sofa, Akio moves the control panel and begins working the levers with an easy, almost indifferent skill. The shades slam down and the room is bathed in almost subterranean darkness. You gasp a little. You're not afraid of the dark, are you? He says in a soft voice. Ugh. Then the stars come out. The heavens unclothe themselves with more clarity than you have ever seen in the real sky. Not only the Milky Way, but countless constellations, nebulae, and comets press against your eyeballs and bathe the room in bluish cosmic light. Even the space between the stars is astral, luminous, enticing. You would be hard-pressed to explain at this moment why you are trembling. As your eyes take in the scenery, your host carefully positions the tripod to provide the best view of the sofa. He fastens the sofa, the camera to the top, and checks the viewfinder. 
He lowers the tripod and swivels it a bit until the lens of the camera is pointed directly at you. Nervously, you smile and make a peace sign. Great. <laughs> Click goes the shutter, and you feel movement around your neck. Your tie is loosening itself. In a flash, its head has extracted itself from the fabric loop holding the tie in place. Oh, yeah, jeez. What, what is the head of a tie? Ended, but also, this is just, yeah. Distressing. Yeah. That's right. Well... I mean, it's a reference to the toga Akio yeah. pictures, right? Click, and the tie dangles loosely on either side of you, revealing the cleft down the center of your uniform, the top button of which seems to have come undone. Well, when in Rome... I mean, I guess to be fair, this is pretty Utena-esque. It's just being the character feels very it's just upsetting. We're, we're a, a bad Utena character, not a yeah. likable Utena character. No. Yeah. I mean, they're clear on this, you know, it's, it's clear. <laughs> I'm not pretending, no. You drag your peace sign down your right cheek, click. You pull on your hair, narrow your eyes, grit your teeth, click. You reposition yourself on your hands and knees and deliver your best crooked smile, click. With pose after pose, you seduce the camera until a whole stack of Polaroids have fallen to the crimson carpet. You lose track of time, of the photographer, of yourself. You feel depraved, wild, and completely alive. Then as you come down from a particularly precipitous high, the planetarium dims and the shades abruptly retract. Light floods the room and the camera is just a camera, and you are just a girl lying in total disarray on an older man's sofa. Yeesh. You begin to tremble again as yeah. you rebutton your blouse and put your tie in order as Akio watches you fumble in complete silence wearing an expression on his face that might or might not be a smile. I'm not sure if I like that interpretation, you of the, know. Of like, what, the camera? Yeah, like, just the... I kind of get it, but it's, at the same time, it's, like, kind of putting it, some of the responsibility, you know, on, like, the underaged mm. person, whereas I yeah, always sure. kind of felt like that was more, like... I mean, I get that. That's the feeling, right? But it, it just doesn't kind of display as much to me the the coercion involved. Sure. And, like, the series makes a point of, like, episode 38. He tries to put yeah. the blame on Utna, and she yeah. does not accept that Correct. quite rightly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it doesn't take away from, like, how these kids are making mistakes, but they're still being coerced. Like, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Anyway. As you finish straightening up your uniform, you hear the elevator bell sound. The doors slide open to reveal Anthe clasping her hands at her waist. Her eyes take in the scene. For a moment, you're irrationally afraid that she might somehow guess what happened, but she just closes her eyes, smiles, and steps off the elevator. There you are, big brother, she says. I was looking for you. I'll have to excuse myself now, Akio says to you. It was a pleasure meeting you. As he and Anthe re-enter the elevator, he looks at you over his shoulder and adds, Keep the camera. He's definitely smiling this time. Then the door glides closed, and they are gone. I will say I respect the author for, like, building up to this very intense scene in a text adventure game. In an extremely, like, yeah. weirdo, goofy text adventure game, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It was very unexpected, but it makes the Utna flavor pretty strong. Mm -hmm. So, if we look in the planetarium again, we can see a pile of photos and a tripod on which is a fancy camera. So we have to take the camera. We want to take the camera. Yeah. Right on. You're going to want to take those go. photos, too. Yep. You pick through the pile of photos. God, there are dozens of them. You are reassured to find they look every bit as sexy as you felt when they were taken. Okay. One, one glamorous shot in particular stands out. You remove it from the pile. Really? We're going like, to need it. Yeah, but there's no, like, regret here. Like, or... Never mind. I don't, I don't know. I That's think entirely our realistic, but... Well, no, it's not entirely realistic. Yeah. But our character, we're just shameless, I guess. Yeah, but that's yeah, bad portrayal, I guess, of the situation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. 
Let's go and be a terrible person. When we go down, we see Anthe is downstairs here as well now, busying herself mm-hmm. shaving a large block of ice, humming to herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can ask Anthe about um, Akio. My brother Otori Akio is the acting chairman okay. of the academy. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, we already heard this before. Ask, what do we even mean to ask her right now? I Let's ask her about ice. I was about to say that, actually. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There is no reply. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Well, there's one thing that I think we can do now that we may as well do right now, Mm. which is go take her shears that she was Mm. using. Very smart. You've been thinking about those shears the whole time, huh? Um, If it says you can't take them, you know, you want to take them. Of course. Oh, there's also a piano bench here. Yes, a pair of keen-looking garden shears leans on an unoccupied space. Take shears. Take in. Yes, finally. Now we can duel someone. With our shears? (laughs) (laughs) All right, where to now? With our piano bench. Let's pick the piano bench back up. Just kidding. (laughs) Let's go out to the forest and take our totally evil picture. Do what needs to be done. Yeah, I guess. It's for the greater good, Tori. Even though that's not true at all. good of finishing the game, I suppose. Forest threshold. You stand at the foot of the marble footpath that leads to the forest. Students are forbidden from proceeding past this point. The activity of campus is oddly muted from here, as though you're on the brink of a private echo chamber with the rest of Otori Academy on the outside. The forest, dark and imposing, makes you think of ones from fairy tales. Hmm. Kozuri is here, too, standing by the path of the forest, a predatory look on her face. You arrive at the footpath none too soon. Moments after you establish yourself, Shiori comes ambling towards the forest from the athletic field. She spots you and starts towards you, but Kozue intercepts her. My dear, Kozue breathes. Don't you know you shouldn't walk alone near the woods? There might be wild animals about. It's a good thing you're here then, replies Shiori. The stink of cheap perfume, perfume will scare them off. Ooh, they're not getting along. I'm, I'm invisible, purrs an unruffled Kozue. Shiori sighs in exasperation. No, you're not. Kozue pauses. I forget how the rest of it goes. Let's make out. Remember, they're on good terms. They were in, like, a literary club together, which they're probably making some reference to right here. Some book. She grabs a very surprised Shiori around the waist and proceeds to excellent. (laughs) Proceeds to excellent? The the excellent is your internal monologue. Yeah, I know. Yeah, take take photo or use use camera. I don't know. You can't see any such thing like a photo to take. Use camera. Use is such a vague word. You can use a telephone, use a wrench. Around here, people even use each other. Wouldn't it be far better to use a more specific word? There we go. Kozue's lips glide across Shiori's protesting. My goodness. Then suddenly withdraw and prepare for a fresh assault. Yeah. Take. No, we already tried take photo. Use camera on. No, use is such a vague word. They want us to, to use Photograph? Than use. Oh. Photograph Kozue? Oh, Yeah. Click, and both girls' ties are undone, their uniforms and hair tussled, their makeup smeared. You capture the whole scene in one beautiful, incriminating photo. Mm. With a mighty push, Shiori finally frees herself from Kuzue's lusty attentions. You are a pervert, spits Shiori as she beats her retreat. An invisible pervert, Kuzue calls merrily <laughs> after her. Okay. Then she turns on to you. I don't know what they're referencing here. <laughs> then she turns to you looking a lot less merry. Uh, the invisible thing was the pickup line we used on her before. Mm. Is that, that right? That's the reference, yeah. Then she turns to you, looking a lot less merry. Well, that's done, she says. Do you know boys are a lot easier to molest than girls? Yeah. Ugh. 
I had some idea, you say, thinking of your adventures with Jury Toga and the Vice Admiral. What? What? <laughs> I have what no, adventures did... I have no idea what's going on anymore. We didn't have any adventures with Jury. That's the whole point. Vice Admiral. I don't know who the Vice Admiral oh, is. Oh, the Vice Admiral is the one who wrote the lascivious leaflet, right? Oh, yes. Oh, it's uh, talking about... Vice Admiral Nagy's guaranteed pickup lines, right. Oh, so... Uh, yeah, we're sorry. Okay. okay. Kozu and Nods. Take care, she says without real feeling, and slouches back towards campus. She looks defeated somehow. Duh. Well, she... Okay, there we go. Yeah. Now we've got... A glamour shot, 3.5 by 4.25, and... Um... An incriminating photo. Yeah. Yeah, we've got those things. <laughs> just... I need a moment to process what just happened. Oh, my God. It's some bad vibes around here, I know, here, yes. yeah, it's getting worse and worse. Okay, I guess I we should soldier on. Done. Yeah, no, we got to make it to the end. Okay, so we go back to jury, and... Yes, we, we do. It's just, I didn't think... Like, I felt bad at the idea of doing all of these things, but the, the author does a great job describing how bad they actually are. And I'm starting to feel it's some not hidden, guilt. No. I'm starting to feel some guilt, like some strong guilt, even though literally I'm doing nothing other than watching you type letters into a computer. You're complicit but, in these great crimes. Oh story. God! All right, moving on. All right, show photo to jury. I suppose. I suppose that's what we do. Facing jury like this still makes you shaky, but this time you're armed. As she takes a brief break after yet an. <laughs> Another nearly instantaneous round with a would-be adversary, you present Jury with the photo, a grave look on your face. Jury yeah. is the first triple take you've ever actually watched someone do. Still, it takes her less than two seconds to hurl the photo to the ground. This is a lie, she snarls. This is a lie and I'll have you expelled. I took the picture myself, Risugawa-senpai, you answer sympathetically, tears coming to your own eyes. God, it hurts so much to see her this way. Oh, Jury, I hurt you now so that you can love me later. Oh, God. For a moment, Jury looks like she might hit you or maybe run you through, but instead she drops her foil and half walks, half runs out the door. Touche, you murmur to yourself. So now we know that she goes and takes a shower. Yes, because that's what she does when upset. Yeah, that's something that someone very early on told us. So I guess that means we should be going back to the dorms. I guess so. Take a photo. To find her in the she shower. She dropped the photo. Oh, but does course. she live in the dorms? I'm not even clear about that. Well, I thought she did. Um... I'm going to ask Sayonji about, about housing. Uh, no reply. About Jury's room, Jury's dorm. No reply. About Jury's shower? Because wasn't Sayonji <laughs> the one who told us about it? Ask Sayonji about shower. No reply. Yeah, okay, whatever. Maybe we can um, just go to the dorms. I thought she lived in the dorms. Oh, but... it says, Jury has already disappeared, probably to run off home. If you want to follow her, that's where you'll need to go. Mm. Okay. Should we take a hint now just to see if there's something? The Beatles, it says. Do you know? Do you know? I wonder if you know. What? Oh, it's, yeah, it's just. So they're playing yeah. air gums, drums and air guitar. Yeah, Biko, Beatle-odd air drums. What do I do when my love is away? Do you give her a buzz on the phone? Where does she fly at the end of the day? Do you carry an all on your own? No, I get by with a little help from her friends. Oh, I get high with a little... Weevil, weevil, rock you. 
Enough now, says Biko. That's silly. There's a lot of little puns. Weevil, yeah, not we will, uh, just to clarify. I think I remember what we're supposed to do now from glancing through the, the hints there. And in the interest of getting this done, um, yes. I think we need to ask one of her friends about where she is. Does she have friends? She has about half a friend. So we're going to go ask Mickey. Uh, uh, Mickey. Mickey. Half of everyone's friend. <laughs> everyone's half friend. Never mind. Everyone's half friend. Library. Oh. Ask Mickey about Jury's... Jury? Ah, there we go. Where does Jury live, you demand? Mickey's eyes get even wider than usual. I, I don't know, he stutters unconvincingly. Like hell you don't, you answer. Oh, yeah. Mickey spreads his arms. I hardly even know you, he says. I can't just... Oh, hey, Mickey, you beam sardonically. Want to hear about what Kozua got up to today? We were just standing by the forest minding our own business, and then Shiori comes along. Mickey's face turns pale. She lives in the wards, he gasps. Let me give you directions. Yes, yes, you think you're going to fit right in at your new school. Oh, God. <laughs> well, at least... You know, it's clear the author did this very intentionally, you know, without any praise to these characters. That's just a justification that you have to keep coming back to, Tori, that, yes, the character is terrible. We are playing a terrible character who's terrible. At least the author... No, is it better that they did that on purpose or worse? Now I'm confused. Doesn't matter. Point being, it's well written, and that's what we're supposed to evaluate. That's right. right. Also how it makes you feel, which is dirty. Yeah, makes me feel bad. Speaking of which... (laughs) Hike... We can now hike to Jury's flat. Okay. Based on the apartment directory, this should be Jury's place here. It's a one-story affair, but it has an oak door that opens onto the yard you're standing on, almost like a real house. Hmm. You suppose that Jury can afford a place like this on her, in her crowded ward thanks to her modeling career, the entire photographic fruit of which is saved to your hard drive. The small yard is well-kept and includes a small bamboo thicket and a small bed of violet hibiscus. It's a relief to see a flower other than a rose. The sides of the flat are lost in foliage, which seem to have been placed intentionally to screen the narrow building from its immediate neighbors. Next to the oak door that leads into the flat is a round window. You can see an oak door here. Descriptions also have gotten a little stronger, too. Mm. Um, all right, knock on door. It's oak. It's gonna you be knock a big loudly, knock. hoping the jury doesn't come out in a magenta bathrobe. <laughs> As it turns out, she doesn't come out at all. Though listening closely, you can hear the sound of water coming from inside the flat. Well, we're not going to go in without our permission. Oh, that's what we're balking at now? Ugh. I'm balking at everything. Fine. Open door. First, unlocking the oak door. You lack a key that fits the oak door. Well, of course. So, wait, should we try to use the key we have? It wouldn't work. No, we do not have. it. We lack a key that fits the oak door. Yeah. Oh, yes, we lack it. Um... Do we have to find a key to Jury's front door? That's crazy. No. Look window. Maybe, yeah, I was about to say. Through the window, you can see into Jury's living room. In particular, if you look from the right angle, you can see her fencing shoes by the door. She's definitely home. All right. Um, climb foliage. <laughs> I don't think there's much to be achieved by that. Okay, go on through a different window. Whatever. Oh, can we enter a window? That's not something you can enter. Uh, open window. That's not something you can open. Oh, dear. Hmm. So, I, I, I guess... Look, bamboo. With the exception of a single long stick that has fallen to the ground, the thicket of green bamboo is well-kept and beautiful, about 12 feet high and leafy, and substantial enough to make creaking sounds when the wind blows. Climb bamboo? 
I don't know. Which do you mean, the bamboo stick or the bamboo thicket? Well, I don't really think you could climb either very well, but let's try uh, both. Stick. Climb thicket. Thicket. <laughs> it's difficult, but the natural notches in the bamboo make good steps. Wow, really? You pull okay. yourself up the thickest and best anchored stem. From here you can see onto Jury's roof, which has a skylight. A skylight you can't help noticing that is easily big enough to admit you. Ugh. Unfortunately, the thicket is too far from the roof to permit you to transfer from here to there. You slide down the bamboo again. So, do we really need a way to get from the top of the bamboo thicket to the skylight? Mm, actually, I remember or... this. We're going to get from the ground to the top. Yeah, we need a way to get up there. And it's not going to be a piano bench. No. Um, can we use the gardening shears to, like, haul ourselves up this? No, I'm just kidding. That's a good idea, but no. And it's a terrible idea. It wouldn't work. We're going to take um, the stick, Tori. Okay. Taken. And now you're going to oh, tell me how we're going vault. to... Ah, there you go. Vault. That's crazy. How would we have known to do that? <laughs> hey, all I said was take stick, and then you were like, oh, we pull vault. Obviously. We have stick of bamboo. What else are you going to do to get on roof? <laughs> but, like, seriously. You stand back several meters and charge at Jury's apartment, looking a little like a knight holding a bamboo lance. At the last moment, you plant the opposite end of the stick into the ground and vault for all your worth. The stick goes vertical, and you fall directly onto Jury's roof. The bamboo wobbles and tumbles back to the ground. Jury's roof. You've landed like a cat burglar on the roof of Arisagawa Jury's apartment. It's smaller than it looked from the yard. Maybe that's another reason for the foliage at the sides of the house, to give the impression of space that isn't there. Shutting up from the rooftop is a skylight, which, upon closer examination, is made of orange stained glass in the shape of a rose. Hmm. Well, I guess we can look skylight. You can't see through the stained glass very well. But we can't see anything, okay. They said very well, but, um, shoot. It's not like we're going to break through the window or something. Um, it's not like jury's going to like us if we break into our home. This is crazy. Um, okay. Can, does it open? Can we open the skylight? It's stained glass. I highly doubt it. Surprisingly enough, it is hinged on the underside, lock, locked okay. only by a catch. <laughs> This arrangement permits the owner to swing it open when more light or ventilation is needed. Jury is so stylish. You open the stained glass skylight. I guess we're really doing this. Break and enter. Down. I mean, yeah. Jury's living room. While only a little messy, Jury's comfortable living room has a musty feel to it, as though few other people have ever set foot here. The furniture is unelaborate. A single sofa, a small television, a round table like the one in your dorm, and a small but tidy kitchen. Through a door to the west, you glimpse what looks like a bedroom and hear the sound of a shower. Jutting up from the rooftop is a skylight, which upon closer examination is made of orange stained glass in the shape of a rose. You can also see an oak door here. It just... I, I, I want to move forward, but I just can't possibly understand what breaking into her home is going to get us. Mm. This, this game is not going to have a happy ending for us, is it? <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, so we can hear the sound of her shower... Okay. You can also see an oak door here. That's the door. That's her front door, right? Is an yep, oak door. That's it. Yeah, we don't need to bother with that. We can, I guess, I don't know, wait for her to get out of the shower. <laughs> what, what should we do here? Interrupt her in the shower? That would be terrible. Look, television, it's switched off. I want to turn on the television. I don't know what that does. I just <laughs> want to do it. Yeah, let's do it. We've already broken into her house. <laughs> The noise would be likely to draw a jury out here, and then who knows what kind of wrath she would unleash on you. Yeah, right? So what are we doing? What do you think we're doing, Tori? Unlocking the front door? No, no, I mean, what, what? Like, what do you think we should be aiming for here in Jury's apartment? 
I don't think we should be discovered breaking into her apartment. No, we don't want her to to see us. So what object of psychic significance could we be aiming for here? Huh. What would be, well, her her locket? Yep. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. All right, Uh, so we're going to go west into the bedroom, Tori. yeah, Yeah, we are. Jury's bedroom. In contrast to the living room, Jury's bedroom is packed with the artifacts of living. Not cluttered exactly, but no space wasted. Her impressive wardrobe rules over the rest of the room, though you are surprised to see that she has a bed with a frame. Suppose you should have known better than to expect someone like Jury to sleep on a, in a futon. Tossed carelessly onto the tile section of floor to the north, which presumably leads to the bathroom, are the clothes Jury was wearing when she left school. Huddled in the folds of the pale green fencing uniform, Jury's gold locket finally lies accessible. Why are you surprised to say she has a bed with a frame? I mean, Don't most a lot of beds have frames? I, I mean, you. I, I slept on a futon in Japan. Oh, okay. For years. Oh. Like, she's just kind of Western, which means, like, fashionable, like, oh. in, her, in her furnishings here. I see. Not Japanese beds are usually of frames. I wasn't thinking about that. Well, or, like, a futon, futons. yeah. yeah. You just yeah. lay out okay. on the... Got it. I totally blinked. Um, okay. Uh, take locket. Take locket. Take it. Open locket. Open locket. You open the gold locket, revealing a portrait of Shiori. Gasp. Except we already knew that. Um, what can we possibly do with this? Take a look at our inventory. You're carrying a gold... <gasps> oh, God, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Are we supposed to put our own picture into the locket? That's that's even worse than the breaking and entering. Like, she's not... Okay. Take portrait, shall we? Take it. Mm-hmm. So now we've got a gold locket open but empty. Put glamour shot. In locket. In locket. You can't believe this. This is the perfect moment to swap photos, and the only photo you have of yourself is too big for the locket. It just won't fit. Garden shears. <laughs> cut photo. Cut, cut glamour shear. shot. Yeah, cut glamour shot. You're catching... This is insane. Oh, it says what with. Cut glamour shot. <laughs> with shears. With shears. With some difficulty, you crop the glamour shot to lock its size. It loses only a little sensuality in the transition. Oh my god. <laughs> Why does her character believe this is a good thing? Like, they, they obviously, she understands that if she displayed to jury she had broken into her apartment jury would be upset but she doesn't understand where replacing the photo in her locket is upsetting okay put glamour shot in locket are we ready here we go you put the glamour shot into the gold locket and you are instantly choked in the job clocked in the job by a a knick-knack thrown by a bathrobe clad Isagawa jury who is quivering with rage this is all your fault she cries get out of my house you better find a way to change your mind fast seduce jury Wow, you got it first try. No, wait, actually, it's wrong. No, baby, you begin wrong. Hesita- baby, you begin hesitatingly. You must be. Jury picks you up and tosses you out the front door and then slams it on you. The feeling of being close to her was intoxicating, also painful. Maybe try that ag- again. Oh, do we have to do everything else again? All right, let's go through all of the steps. We may be able to knock on door here. Oh, okay. You knock loudly. Uh, no, same result. We have to break into our apartment all over again, but... Fa- Theoretically, Vault. we've already done this. Oh, take stick. Yeah. Wait, can't see any such thing? Uh, it was... Oh, I, I misspelled stick. <laughs> take stick, vault, down. Um, but now what? Oh, we have of to go course. To, excuse we me, still have our locket. Bedroom. 
Oh, we, oh, we still have it. Yeah. Right. So back north. Uh, wait, <sighs> west. Here we go. Jury is in here waiting for you. I'm going to call the police, she threatens. You better find a way to take her mind off your intrusion quickly. Um, I guess we could ask Jury about Shiori. Ask Jury about Shiori. Jury reddens with rage at your audacity. This may be a case where it's better to show than tell. Oh. And then she throws you out again. We have to show her the locket. Take vault, okay. take stick, vault down west. Show locket to jury. Jury snatches the locket from you. You're unbelievable, she yells. It wasn't enough for you to destroy my life and break into my apartment. Now you have to. Then she catches a glimpse of the locket's new contents. Wait, why was I destroying her life? Uh, by setting up Shiori and Kozue. Oh, but she didn't know. Th- oh, by showing her the picture. Yeah, she didn't I guess know so. that I said that's true. The anger right. seemingly drains out of jury instantly. In its place, you see bafflement, an inner whirlpool of emotions. Oh, come on. She sits down on the bed to steady herself, never taking her eyes from the photo in the locket. But what does this mean, she asks, her voice shaking. You aren't quite sure whether she's talking to you. Then she looks up at you, searching for an answer in your eyes. She is vulnerable, exposed, perfect. This is it. Seduce jury! You have come fully around to the logic of this game, Tori. <laughs> Oh, now God. is the time. Hey. I hope you know CPR, you boom, your voice swelling with triumph, because, baby, you take my breath away. For a moment, there is silence. Jury's gaze wavers only for a moment. I, I do, she says quietly. No. In one motion, she stands and takes you in her arms. She then administers some of the best mouth-to-mouth resuscitation you have ever had the pleasure of receiving. I am stunned... Because I really thought this game was going to end in the main character's downfall because they're so shitty. <laughs> but then again, I guess the jury's not, like, the greatest person, but she doesn't deserve this. Like, oh, my God. Then there's a scene break. Uh... A week later, everything has gotten more complicated. There's Shiori to contend with, of course, and some sort of dueling game everyone is caught up in, <laughs> including you now. That has something to do with the ring. But what's oh, most man. labyrinthine are the emotional ups and downs of jury herself. You can smell her inner self-accusations, her loathing of herself, of Shiori, of you, and you can smell her love, too. Once, passing by a classroom between periods, you glance in the door and see Jury staring out the window, her hand on her chest, feeling the contours of her locket beneath the fabric. You're not sure what she thinks of herself, but you know she's thinking of you. You have seduced her, Sagawa Jury. You have won. Oh my god, that was a roller coaster. Also, the, this terminology of smelling her, her self-accusation and her loathing of herself is just so, so gross. Man. That's Miracles Never Cease, Tori. It's really good. I remembered it being pretty good, which is it's, why I wanted to come back to it. And like, early on, I wasn't so sure. I was like, we're being a shitty person. I'm not sure. But at the end, it's like it all cascades into one, like, comically shitty ball <laughs> of nothing craziness. Like, yeah. I think by the time you're pole vaulting into her apartment, cutting yeah. down your, like, you know, glamour shot with photo shears to replace Sh- Shiori's picture in the locket. Right. I think at that point, it's just so over the top that it works. Well, because, like, really, I had, you know... I think we spoke on this podcast before about how, like, so many people on the internet who are into Utna were, like, into Jury, like, very, yeah. like, 
legitimately, like, reasonably, as if, right. you know, like, this is my ideal of, like, a lesbian that I want to be in love with. And, and I think this game does a great job of kind of cutting that down to size. Yes. <laughs> Seeing, like, yeah, these characters are... Yeah, they're nuanced, complicated humans, but they're definitely not, like, the people you should be in love with. Like, they've got a lot of stuff. Or aspiring to be, no. <laughs> no, aspiring to be in no way whatsoever. I mean, most of the characters at Utna are, like, pretty terrible. Utna accepted, right? Eh, yeah. Wakaba, how about? Wakaba, yeah. I said most. I didn't say That's all. That's true. Huh? I mean, like... And even the characters who know her terrible are also, like, confused kids in mm. a lot of ways. It's just, like, this This is a really good, um, kind of strings you along for a while and you don't know where it's going. And at the end, I, I still have some things to parse, but I appreciate the tongue-in-cheekness of the ending, for sure. I also note it says, would you like to restart, restore a saved game, see some suggestions for amusing things to do, quit, or undo the last command? Hmm. I remember the... The author is good enough to point us towards some, like, Easter eggs that they mm. put in the game. So, mm. for example, have you tried um, playing the piano with Kozue, without Kozue? Picking an orange rose from the rose garden? Reading the non-restricted library books? Hmm. Hanging around in the main quad for a couple dozen turns? Like, these are all things that will result uh. in extra content. So if you hang around in the main quad for a 24 couple, turns? Something happens, I don't wow. know. Don't remember that, doing that. They really worked hard on that. Yeah, I, I like that they ended it with those suggestions too, because you wouldn't have known otherwise for a lot of these things. So no, reminds you of the hint system if you never tried it. Also, they asked if you tried revolutionizing the world. Didn't we try that? Yeah, we we tried that one. I remember yeah, that revolutionized world. Yeah. Oh, it also says congratulations on your successful, if slightly disturbing, seduction of Risagawa Jury. Yeah, I I would say more than slightly disturbing, <laughs> but there you go. The world of the virtual world of Otori is pretty modest, but there are a few Easter eggs buried in its fertile grasses, and then gives you the list. This is fairly small as text adventure games go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I'm trying to think how many puzzles there are. They're like main puzzles. There's mm-hmm. kind of like getting to Toga, getting the key, getting yeah. the picture, and kind of the final sequence. It's all. Yeah, it's all kind of like an ambiguous list of puzzles. Like, you know, you first explore, and then you discover early on your objective, which I didn't realize was going to be our final objective. They just, like... Well, we also had to do some pole vaulting after. Of course, yes, that's a good point. Um, But, yeah, the main main puzzles are, like, yeah, the key and setting up Kozue and Shiori. And then just figuring out what to do at the end. Yeah, basically And before that, the first thing is really, like, getting to someone who can help you, which is Toga. And Toga, yeah. Right. It's, like, four or five main puzzles. They they also have a lot of, like, little steps, I suppose. Right, of course, you break those down to smaller steps. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how you go about planning a text adventure game, but Mm. I imagine something like that. So, Tori... Yes. What do you like to complain about in this interactive fan fiction? Gosh, you know, it's interesting, you know, this is the first time we've we've done something like this where it's like I just finished reading it just now, basically. <laughs> Not only that, was it immersive? And I do think I've already kind of come upon the idea that, like, it was really hard 
for me to play as this character who I felt like was a terrible person. However, I do feel like the payoff was worth it because the author at the end, clearly that was their goal, is to to show a terrible person doing terrible things and do it in a tongue-in-cheek sort of way that mirrors Utena. Just not knowing the author's goal made it difficult. Mm -hmm. The other thing was the hint system was super useful in a certain sense, (laughs) in that you could figure it out once you remembered to use a hint. But I really do feel like if I hadn't had you as my guide, Amato, I might have gotten stuck forever. Like, there were certain points where I felt like it was Most people playing it did get stuck at one point or another. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the parser is not the most robust parser. Right. Like, I do feel like it would have been useful to have a little more guidance because on top of you not understand, I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. I didn't know where the author was being like sincere in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so not knowing that, you have a hard time knowing what they really want you to do. Mm-hmm. So and then the hints being ambiguous, even though they're fun, makes it very hard to know the direction of the game. I think in terms of your like, uh, you know, complaining repeatedly about how terrible we are. It occurs to me that's a really good way to do a Utena text adventure game, though, because for your character to be proactive, you need to be engaging with things. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you need your character to be proactive in a text adventure game. Mm-hmm. It's not like the official uh, visual novel where, like, basically you're sitting back and, like, things are happening and you're mm-hmm. just kind of hanging out with the characters while a plot is yeah. going on. Like, you're the one moving things in a text adventure game. And totally. to move things at Otori, it's a lot easier if you're terrible than to, like, find something to do if you're, like, Utena or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was this was my praise that I was doing off-microphone earlier, is that, like, the game forces you to become this kind of shitty person because it doesn't give you any other choices <laughs> in terms of how you act. And in that way creates this like this immersion the same immersion that kind of upset me because it almost made me feel guilty like i mentioned before even though i'm just playing pretty clearly made me feel guilty repeatedly yeah right but like isn't that incredible that that a game could make you know like a text game could make you feel as if you were as guilty as the the person they're trying to create they created a character and used you as the vehicle the, Mm -hmm. the player as the vehicle and that's pretty fantastic that they did that. Yeah, it's one of the potential strengths of interactive fiction, to be sure. Yeah. And I feel like there's something else I was going to praise here. Obviously, the writing is usually pretty amusing. Mm-hmm. Mm. It gets stronger as you go on, too. But I feel like there was one other thing I was going to say, and I no longer remember it. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Well, did you have a criticism? Uh, the the parts the, the oh, parts are being the, weak. That's There's right, also that's right. I encountered a bug when I played through it, and you know it, it only ever got one edition that never got fixed. Where like if you try to leave the planetarium without picking up the photos, then it goes through the whole Akio sequence again <laughs> over and over, I and like it. I got very confused. Um, but that's that's a small deal. That's just a. Uh, in terms of oh oh I no I remember either point of praise. I think the ask someone about something system was way better than like most conversation systems I've seen in text adventure games. wasn't bad. And maybe that's just better, you know, better practice that's more common in interactive fiction these days than, like, the ones that I remember playing. But but I thought it worked well. Yeah, yeah. The parser, like, 
yeah, big use of times, text adventure, so hit or miss on like how you interact with the parser. I think once you got the feel for, yeah, the asking about thing was something you needed to get the feel for. But when you did, it was like, you kind of understood your limitations very well, which is, I think, what a good parser system does. Mm-hmm. And right, and criticism, it just could have used a little bit like another edition in order to be a more mm-hmm. polished product. Mm-hmm. But I, I am still a fan, and I hope that it gets a little bit more attention through this than it got originally, where people played it when it was put out on the forums, handful of people, and then it was never talked about again in the Utena fandom. Yeah. No, oh, I gotta say, I felt <laughs> like in the first couple episodes of us playing this, I found it amusing, mm-hmm. but not knowing where they're going, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Getting to the end, I feel like the payoff was pretty big. That's good. Like, it's, it's really sort of like getting to the end of the Utena series where you're like, oh my god. But yes, maybe not quite that extreme. I think we can both agree that this is as deep and satisfying as the Utena series <laughs> itself. With an ending that will be discussed <laughs> just as much. Exactly that, Yes. No, maybe not quite, but it had the same mirror of the same, um, I guess, Utna formula, mm. but they did it a little more tongue-in-cheek tongue and funny, so there you go. All right. Well, I think we're about done. I'd like to remind people to do what Tori has not gotten around to. If you're interested in playing an Utna game with a less terrible but a little bit milquetoast main character, then you can track down the official visual novel and hopefully a, you know, Sega Saturn emulator that works, and that's not the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Sega Saturn emulation is not wonderful. But anyway, um, I was deeply involved in the translation project for the official game, and it's pretty entertaining. It has some good material in it. And it's also completely voice acted, which is pretty crazy. Like, every yeah. line by the original cast and the new actors. And more incentive for me to play it, so. Yeah. And also, on the second disc, when you load it up, a random cast member sings the Sega. That's crazy. Which justifies its existence all by itself. (laughs) I love that. Well, I will definitely be buying a Sega Saturn and putting those discs in. You'll definitely be learning Japanese, buying a Sega Saturn, Mm -hmm. buying a copy of the original game. Exactly. I think I actually have one of those, so you can borrow that. Okay. Certainly. (laughs) No, you can probably find it elsewhere on the internet with a translation patch. Um, I believe the one most commonly around the internet is, like, not the last version of the translation. It's got more errors Mm. than I would like. But it is around. You can probably find it on otori.new somewhere. I think the webmasters there are hosting it. And you can find this game also on, I believe, the archived copy of the In the Rose Garden forums. Remember, it's called Miracles Never Cease. Did I put a, a link there? I don't recall. Uh, well, if I didn't, it should probably... Oh, I think it's cease, bit.ly slash rfr cease. I think so. C-E-A-S-E. And it runs in Winfrots, which you can also use to play many other text adventure games of um, probably very good and praiseable quality. I assume. I assume as well. All right, signing off, I guess. Yeah. Um... This has been our special episode. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. Zentai Unmei Mokushidoku. What they said. This week, the opening song was Disco Challenge from the album Hella's Awesome Dance Adventure by Komiku. 
The ending song is still Run Against the Universe from the album Pulpy's Incredible Adventure, also by Komiku. You can find those albums and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Tagatame ni bara wa hohoemu. Zetai yume mokushiroku.